Welcome to the MTB Tribe Podcast, your trail map for the world of mountain biking. And now, I'll introducing your host, Gareth Beckett. Welcome mountain bikers, thanks for being here and welcome to episode number 51 of the MTB Tribe Podcast. And I am here to help you find out more about mountain biking, how to get you out in the trails, keep you stoked and hopefully learn a little more about mountain biking and the people involved and get you off that sofa from behind that computer, off that mobile device (laughs) and onto the pedals. That's what it's all about. So thanks for being here, folks. I really appreciate it. And if you're a first-time listener, I really hope you enjoy this episode. It's a good episode. It might get you off that sofa, get you encouragement to get out and about and even maybe get into the gym. So we chat about that a wee bit later. But just a little update on myself. I know a lot of you have been asking how I'm getting on and stuff. So I had my collarbone surgery Saturday past. Everything went well. The operation was fine. Um, no issues so far. I get an x-ray in the next few days and we'll see what it's like from there. We'll see if the plates are sitting okay and stuff like that and we'll go from there. But everything is good and hunky-dory at the minute and I'm hoping to be out on the bike tomorrow. No, my joking, of course. <laughs> um, so we'll see how things go. But thanks for being here. Long-time listeners, I appreciate you being here. And thanks for all your kind words about the operation and everything else. So I, I do obviously, obviously appreciate that. So let's talk about today's episode. We're chatting to Ben Planger. Now, I hope I've said his surname properly. But Ben is the founder and the owner of The Strength Factory. Now, The Strength Factory is basically a gym environment where you can go and get coached on mountain biking mainly. But Ben is awesome. Like, he does, he'll coach you for surfing, for motocross, for hiking, for climbing, all that kind of stuff. So any kind of extreme stuff, Ben is the man to see about that. So we chat to Ben about his Strength Factory. We chat about his background how the Strength Factory started and um, how it works, all that kind of thing, how you can get involved. We also talk about his in-gym packages, so that's going and seeing Ben personally himself. And we go through a typical day's training with Ben, what he can kind of take you through and how he helps you get better on the bike. He also has home packages available which you can just simply download from his website. Um, They're very, very well priced. And we have a little offer on as well. Ben was very, very kind to give us a discount on those in-home packages. So go to the end of the, the episode and you will figure out how to get that great deal. Um, we chat to Ben also about how going to the gym, and I know it's maybe a dirty word for some people, but going to the gym, how it makes you a better rider, how it actually helps you on the bike and on the trails. Um you know, and it is a big part of the whole thing now. All these professional sport athletes do it. But for me as a weekend warrior, for you possibly as a weekend warrior, it definitely has its benefits. So we go over that and how it can help and why you maybe should be thinking about going to the gym a couple of times a week. We also talk about injury and how going to the gym can prevent injury. Didn't help in my case, but there you go. Um, but then I wasn't at the gym for two or three months. So, you know, it just goes to show. We chat a wee bit about the future for what the Strength Factory has in store for us. And it's all quite interesting and uh, and very cool. So, folks, I hope you enjoy the episode. Now, if you want to get more involved with the show, you can simply go to the website, 
mtb-tribe.com. You can subscribe there. You'll get one email a week. Or you can just simply pop me an email. There's a contact address there. And you can ask me anything you want. Questions you would like on the show. Guests you would like on the show. Topics you would like covered on the show. Just let me know and I will do that for you. You can also follow us on socials. Instagram and Facebook is at MTV Tribe. So get involved there. PM me, send me a message, whatever you want. I do get back to everybody. Um, It may take me a few days, but I do get back to everybody. So thanks, folks. Thanks for being involved. I do appreciate it as always. And uh, let's get on to today's episode. I'm really excited about it. I love talking to Ben. It It was a great, great episode. So without further ado, folks, let's welcome Ben to the MTB Tribe podcast. Good day, Ben. Welcome to the MTB Tribe podcast. How's things with you, sir? Yeah, morning, Gareth. Yeah, I'm really good, thanks. Just got a, a proper soaking on the cycle back from the gym, but um, I'm caffeinated and I'm warm and dry now, so we're all good. <laughs> so the old uh, the old UK summers come to an end eventually, has it? Yeah, it was pretty epic while it lasted, but uh, I don't know. It feels, I'm getting a bit of the blues thinking that it might be, it's going to be September soon and <laughs> potentially people are going to start mentioning the C word and stuff like that, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for certain. Um, it's funny, you're always waiting in that first Christmas song getting into your ears, aren't you? Oh, don't, don't. You said you went and said it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I said it. Uh, well, listen, awesome. Thanks for coming on. Um, you are, now, am I right in saying you're the owner of the Strength Factory? Yeah, that's right. Owner, coach, you know, whatever you want to call it, is is me at the moment. Um I'm a one-man band. Um, yes, yeah, so I've been doing this. It was previously the MTB, so Mountain Bike Strength Factory. Um, but last year, I sort of did a bit of a rebrand just to become the Strength Factory um, because I'm working with like some motocross riders and a surfer and some other bits and bobs like that. So Action Sports Athletes is who I work with and the general public, um, but with a bit of a focus on mountain biking because – you know that that's what I love, and that's what probably about eighty percent of my mm-hmm. clients and athletes do. Yeah, cool. And you know, it's it's an area that I am really interested in. Um, I've kind of been going to the gym since I've been fourteen or fifteen. Um, mm. y- you wouldn't think so to look at me at the minute, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's really cool, and I love the way it passes into different sports and the way that you can train differently for different sports and I find that pretty fascinating so we'll get into that a wee bit later yeah. and stuff and um but I want to know your background just briefly and how you get into the gym environment yeah so I guess I'll just give you a, a quick timeline if you like mm-hmm. um I as a kid and stuff I was sporty in the fact that i loved sport and i loved activity but in another sense i wasn't sporty because i was quite small and late developer and stuff like that so couldn't always like compete physically and stuff like that um but i I absolutely loved it and you know it's 1995 is when i got my first mountain bike a proper mountain bike a kona fire mountain with project two forks and it was wicked i loved it and that was at the age of 15 Mm -hmm. um and then, yeah, I just like, loved bikes and I rode BMX and all that sort of thing. Uh, carried on that through uni. Um, and then after uni, I actually joined the army. And then I spent my 20s in the army where I pretty much didn't ride. It was just too busy. Mm-hmm. And back then, army mountain biking just wasn't a thing like it is now. And um, 
And then just as I was leaving the army in 2010, I really started getting back into mountain biking. I kind of got myself a new bike um, and I was like, oh, full suspension, <laughs> like, really, you know, and it, and it was awesome. And there were more places to ride. And I went out with some old friends and all that sort of thing. And it was, it was at that same time as I left the army in 2010 that having loved the physical side of, of being in the military mm-hmm. um, is they paid for me to do my personal training course. Um, and so I did my, my PT course as I left the army um, and then went there and basically just worked in London uh, kind of where it's one of those things where the course teaches you the, the facts and stuff like that. But then you actually learn how to do it when you do the job. And a lot of things are very different, you know, learning the craft, I guess, Mm. if you like. And yeah, so I did that for a couple of years in London, uh, just riding for fun. And I also ran my own like fat loss boot camp for, mostly mums who lived in Chiswick and stuff like that <laughs> in West London, which is, which is great, you know? Um, and then I was getting a bit tired of that and I was getting more and more into riding. And as part of my continuing education with coaching, um, I'd done a few more like strength and conditioning type courses and things like that, rather than, uh, personal training. So similar, but a little bit of a different emphasis. And I just started thinking that, I wanted to uh, work with mountain bikers and, you know, maybe there was an opportunity to do that. And so a couple of years down the line, I was married and everything. And my wife, Leanne and I, we moved to Bristol in spring. When would that be? Spring 14. And basically I started the mountain bike strength factory, which at the time was a website and no clients. And (laughs) obviously I had had to do other work to make a living um and i got my first client and then it went from there then a year later i managed to go full-time on it Uh, so i've been full-time on strength factory for maybe three and a half getting on yeah three and a half years i suppose roughly um yeah sort of for uh, to start with scraping a living and now just about making a living and every year it gets a bit better but it's uh it's yeah tough but good Mm -hmm. yeah and when you made that move to go full time into mm. it, was was that a scary move, or did you have the numbers to back it up? How did you feel about that? Um, I probably should have looked closer at numbers and stuff like that. <laughs> I guess I am quite an optimist, and I just thought, well, you know, if you say I'm doing it and you just commit and say I'm doing it, then it'll work out. Because I don't know, I've always found things do work out for the best maybe Mm. i'm lucky or if there is such a thing or whatever but i've always found that if you just say you're going to do it and then crack on with it that you can make it happen really so just went for it but i I must say as well that i'm in the lucky position as well that my wife has got a a real stable job she's a physio at the nhs um so a really stable job and i was she was happy and and i was all right with it that she was earning quite a bit more money than me for a few years. And she, mm-hmm. you know, she was just really supportive of me taking that step and saying, you know, let's do this. And, you know, down the line now we've got a kid and stuff and she's, you know, and I've been able to kind of repay it if you like, although it's not like yeah. that, obviously, um, you know, when she's on maternity leave and things like that, then I can pick up the slack now. So, yeah, so it's been good and I couldn't have done it really without her. So it's good. 
Yeah, awesome. No, you need the support around you. And I think if you're following your passion, which you obviously are, um, I think things just tend to work out because you're just so much more motivated to do it and make it, you know, succeed. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's some. It's one of those funny things where you think, well, I I really enjoy training and I like I like coaching people, seeing them improve, and I really obviously love riding my bike and hanging out with bikey type people and stuff like that. And it's like, well, yes, yeah, it's pretty decent actually. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, there's good and bad days with any job, isn't there? But uh, yeah, I'm lucky to do something I really enjoy. Yeah, cool, cool. Now you touched a wee bit there earlier that it used to be called the mtb strength factory but now mm. i know you do ever you do snowboarding you do surfing you do motocross lots of stuff even like like outdoor stuff you do like yeah you know, like adventures if you want yeah. yeah go off in the mountains uh, prepare for a tough mud or whatever basically mm. the, the way i kind of looked at it was um if what you do is something that you might see on red bull tv then it's probably something that would interest me and i'm happy to work with you basically so (laughs) you know i don't have any set rules you know but if you've got like an interesting challenge or project or goal or sport then yeah that's cool i mean i still love like the mainstream stuff i love watching the six nations rugby and stuff but that's that's not really my bag and and Mm. i'm gonna you know the action sports world is, is what i really love um and people doing those sort of things just have a really good energy about them that makes me want to work with them and then there's nothing better than seeing them go off and doing what they do knowing that you've been a little part of it so yeah it's awesome eh? it's very good and did you did you move into the other disciplines because customers were asking you to do that um trying to think not really it was partly down to talking with a guy called Darren Roberts, who you may have heard of, who previously was head of high performance at Red Bull, um, used to coach like the Athertons, and and now he basically heads up like rehab and strength and conditioning for Harrison Ross. So they look after all the Red Bull athletes. So mm-hmm. when like Danny McCaskill hurt himself, they go and see Darren and that sort of thing. And Darren has become a bit of a mentor of mine um, over the last sort of year and a half or so. And it was just really through talking to him um, where I'd been thinking about it and he thought it was a good idea, both in terms of, you know, building a business and building an interesting brand, but also, you know, to keep developing as a coach. Because if you're always coaching the same people with the same issues, doing the same sport, then it could be quite easy, I think, to de-skill a little bit. And so it's good, you know, somebody comes to me. So this summer I started working with my first surfer and as someone who surfs badly from time to time and you know and all that sort of thing it made me have to really stop and you know have a good brainstorm have a bit of a think right what does a surfer need you know physically mm. to to do their sport you know and so i actually really got the the cogs whirring a little bit um doing a bit of revision on some like shoulder stuff because you know paddling such a big part of what they do mm-hmm. and, and so yeah so for me i think it's it's partly business partly interest partly trying to be a good coach good well-rounded coach really but mm-hmm. i think your question was was there a demand there wasn't a demand i kind of went out and sought some people out cool oh, that's good uh, <clears throat> it's good you went that way and you know it's funny because back in the day the gym, the G word was a bad, it was a bad word, you know. 
Um, yeah, it was a secret training, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, <laughs> be, exactly. or, or just no training, yeah. Yeah, but, you know, the crazy thing is you were talking about surfing there. Well, I live in the North Coast, you know, so I've been surfing for 20-odd years. Yeah. But, but even the surfing industry now, and I still follow it and I watch the pros and all that, but the training thing for them outside of surfing is as big as the actual surfing itself. Yeah, yeah. It's massive the way it's just changed. Have yeah. you found have you found that as well with clientele and stuff that, that people aren't ashamed to say they go to the gym to help them uh, actually go on the mountain bike? No, like everyone's really open about it. I mean, I haven't found that at all. I mean I'm I'm lucky in the sense that when I started working with mountain bikers in the la- over the last few years, it was an already an established thing. It's not like I was trying to do anything groundbreaking by saying, mm. hey, you could train, because people were already doing it. Um, the, the only thing is, like, every now and then you get someone who who's a bit cagey about telling their friends and stuff like that, just because, I don't know, they think, hopefully they think it gives them an advantage or whatever. <laughs> like, yeah. and, uh, but they're not, like, embarrassed to say they train, no. Uh-huh. That's cool. And what would you, out of all the disciplines you offer there, what would you say is your most popular? Oh, oh, yeah. I mean, mountain bikers is still like the vast majority of what I do, both at the like elite level and and like the weekend warrior level, because I look mm-hmm. after, you know, both. So, yeah, it's definitely the mountain bikers. And I think it probably always will be because, you know, that's what I love. That's that's what I'm doing on the weekends and hopefully this afternoon if the weather <laughs> picks up and stuff like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who are you working with at the minute? Can you tell of tell us? Of any yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um I've been working with Charlie Hatton now for a few years. He's oh. on Trek Battery Racing with the Athertons. So I've been yeah. working with him since he was a junior. Um, oh. and it's his second year elite now. Um, this season, I've worked with Mike Jones, who is now on MS Mondraker. Um, I work with Veronique Sandler as well, who's becoming more and more of a, a star. Um, she rides some Marin bikes and she just had her first edit for Red Bull come out recently. Cool. Uh, then I've got like on downhill, I've got Jay Williamson on Steve Pete Syndicate. Uh, I've got a really quick junior who's going to world champs called Morgan Tyrrell, who rides for Intense Race in the UK. Um, in Enduro, I've got Chris Hutchins on Wide Open Mag. Sam Flockhart, who just won the mm. Tweed Fest uh, King of the Hill uh, this summer. He rides for Intense Racing UK as well. Uh all-time legend titley i've got andrew titley on the books as well he he comes and we, i see him in the gym not not loads actually but uh, as much as we can because he's pretty busy dude but yeah and then there's a few other people who probably be annoyed if i've forgotten them <laughs> <laughs> so you've got a good bag there going that's for sure yeah 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 it's taking time and it's that time of year now it's recruiting time this time of year which uh, isn't why i'm on this i'm on it because you asked me but <laughs> but it's definitely recruiting time of year like because the season believe it or not is is rounding down with the last world cup is on saturday at la Bresse, and people are starting now is when you the team contracts all get signed and people start to think about who they're riding for next year it, mm-hmm. it doesn't get announced till january but this is when the deals get cut so for me it's hopefully when i'm retaining all those people i just talked about and hopefully picking up one or two more so that's the plan anyway yeah cool cool. all right awesome sounds good so ben tell us how the strength factory works then do you have your own gym or no it's not my own gym uh 
basically I was paid to use a really good quality gym mm-hmm. in south southwest Bristol. It's called B Pro Fitness. Uh, if you're ever down, they do drop-ins and stuff. It's honestly like one of the best gyms around. Loads of space. It's got well, if you can't get in shape there, then the problem isn't the gym. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah. It's uh yeah, it's got everything you need. So, uh, but I've got lots of freedom, so I can train. I don't. You don't have to be a member to train with me there, so I can train anyone I want, basically twenty four seven, which is real good. Oh, that's cool. So you don't actually have to be a member of the gym if you're doing work with yourself. Exactly. So my my uh, clients don't need to be a member. Right. Oh well, that's that's very good. Now, as far as the in gym thing goes because i know you do home packages as well yeah yeah um we'll chat about that in a wee minute but take us through a kind of a, a typical training session if you don't mind with yourself and yeah what no you worries would, what you would kind of do so um i guess before any of any of the actual training happens you know i always start with some sort of assessment where someone comes in uh one-to-one and we spend about 90 minutes normally running through an assessment where I'm going to have a look at their levels of mobility and flexibility, how they move. We're going to talk about and then dig into any injury history or any current injuries or niggles they've got and how that affects their riding and their movement. Uh, And then we're going to do some, you know, fairly basic but not easy strength testing. So looking at some single leg strengths and press-ups, pull-ups, core strength and things like that. Um, And then off the back of that – there's kind of two different ways that uh, people get coached with me. They either then go into what uh, like the semi-private coaching I do. So there'll be a group of uh, two or three local mountain bikers and they'll come and see me once or twice a week. And we go through like the gym, you know, uh, gym program, I call it, where they do the same program on the whole, but it's mm-hmm. adapted to their needs based on their assessment so they might do different mobility exercises to each other um at the start right. of the ex- at the start of the session and one particular exercise may not quite be appropriate for someone else so we can change it out because maybe they've broken a collarbone like you have and they can't <laughs> do you know and it means they're restricted overhead so they'll do a different exercise to the other person and it, and it works like that um or I see people one-to-one and they come in like every few weeks and we do a one-to-one session where we coach them through and I give them a new program, basically. As far as the actual sessions are concerned, it's fairly straightforward. We do some sort of warm-up and we do some mobility work because most of the people I work with, um, like most people listen to this probably, spend too long sitting down, driving at desks and all that nonsense Mm -hmm. and mobility is like a massive gain that you can make uh, for that you know weekend warrior or amateur rider who rides for fun um, and then generally a session starts with some sort of uh, strength based thing where we tend to work around the you know two to five reps and maybe a deadlift or something like that um, i tend to use a trap bar quite a lot if you know what that is um, it's like a um kind of a mixture between a deadlift and a squat really with the body position and it's just a really safe way for somebody who maybe is doesn't have the best mobility to do some really good strength training um without having to spend so long mm-hmm. trying to wedge them under a bar for a back squat or you know to deadlift a, 
a barbell off the floor, for instance. Yeah, and the the mobility thing, Ben, how does that help in your workouts? So if someone's only coming to see me once a week, you know, then doing five minutes of mobility in each session kind of doesn't really make much difference in the long run. But what it Mm -hmm. does do is if, for instance, they're training first thing in the morning, they've just got up, it's just to put it really crudely, I guess, it's just like having a little stretch, you know, and hopefully afterwards they stand up off the mat or whatever they're doing and they feel more able to get into the positions that we need to in the gym. Um, mm-hmm. It's that simple, really. We're enabling them to do the training session to their best ability. Um, similarly, at the end of the day, if you've been sat at your desk and then sat in traffic for 20 minutes, getting to the gym through Bristol traffic, then uh, they're probably a bit stiff and, you know, especially they've been sitting down. And so we need to just open them up, reverse that kind of desk posture. Um, and then that puts them in a better position to, to train hard and to train safely. Um, but to really make improvements in the mobility, then doing it once a week with me isn't enough. You need to, to be doing your homework, which I'm always badgering them about. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, for sure. And, what could somebody expect kind of the length of session to be? I generally generally work in hour blocks is kind of mm. the, the world I'm in, in a way, is uh, my diary, if you can see it. I still work on paper, which my wife finds hilarious, but I like a paper diary. And it's just it, my days are basically just in, in one hour blocks. Having said that, for people, uh, you know, like the, the top elite riders, like when Charlie Hatton comes over and stuff like that, because he has to come over the bridge from from the Forest of Dean, and it's a bit it's an hour drive each way. So I don't see him like a few times a week. Mm-hmm. So those sessions tend to be a bit longer. You know, sometimes we'll go up to ninety minutes if we need to work on something. Um, mm-hmm. And also with those top guys, um, there there tends to be a bit more chatting at the beginning, at the end about how they're feeling, with their energy, motivation, um, and also they get a fair bit of input into what their training looks like based on their intuition and how they feel basically. So, Mm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting, um, the whole gym thing, because a lot of people would think probably like, like I did, if you were going to train for the mountain bike, you'd get into the gym and maybe the first thing you would do would be go on the bike. On the spin bike. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and you could do that. That's totally legit. Like that's absolutely fine. Uh, it's just one of many ways to to get yourself warmed up. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But as far as training goes, that would be kind of the wrong thing to do, wouldn't it? Because you do that on the bike anyway. You'd be better working on strength stuff like deadlifts. And, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So know. yeah, so I mean, you could you you could hop on the bike for five minutes, get warmed up, and then hit some mobility, and then do some some other warm up drills. But yeah, mm-hmm. you're right. You're you're in the gym. Basically, no matter what sport you're doing, you come to the gym pretty much to get stronger because, okay. it, you know, people talk about being specific with certain sports, blah, blah, blah. But like if I can, a little phrase to, to remember, strong is never wrong, basically. That's mm-hmm. one that I learned from old Darren Roberts, my mentor there. Um, strong is never wrong because, you know, when, when, you, when that strength goes up, uh, it improves everything. It improves your endurance, the amount of power you can produce on the pedals or whatever. Your resilience to injury can be increased and all that sort of thing. And so you're there to get strong. So and sitting on a spin diet quite doesn't get you strong. But there's nothing wrong with obviously you can come and do some intervals or some conditioning on the spin bike. And that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's 
different to the main strength work at the gym. Yeah, certainly, certainly. And, you know, I'm sure you're in the gym all the time, I'm sure, and you see people in there training. Is there anything that you could say to people not to do or something you see people doing wrong all the time in the gym? Um, yeah, so especially when you're getting into your 30s and stuff. So I'm 38 now, and, and I look back to my 20s and how I trained and what I got away with. And in your 20s, you can get away with it, but it's just the whole, skipping the warm-up is probably one of the biggest things really people come in they're in a hurry and they just go over just grab a weight and start doing some bicep curls or whatever and it's like well you know but even if it's five minutes and the older you get the more important that becomes and the older you get the longer you need to spend on that warm-up especially if you've been sat sat down all day um Mm -hmm. if you've just like cycled to the gym or you do a job on your feet all day where you're moving and things like that, then then yeah, cut the warm up down. No worries. But if you've been sat on your ass all day, then the biggest thing I see is people not warming up properly, or just or not at all. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? We're all like that when we're young. Oh, totally. Like, <laughs> that stretch and stuff's a waste of time, you know. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? Like, I oh, know you should, but you can you can get away with it. I mean, when I look back, like my whole attitude for eight years in the army was every time you train, just smash yourself to bits basically. Um, and do that like six days a week or sometimes twice a day and, and then go on the piss as well and never, yeah. <laughs> never do any stretching or anything. Uh, and, uh, and you can get away with it. Um, but then it, it does tend to catch up with you. Um, if you don't look after yourself. So, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> all the things we do when we're young eh? uh, no regrets so not saying i regret it <laughs> yeah, yeah no certainly certainly so take us through a wee bit there's a whole thing at the minute i know about lightweight lots of reps or heavier weight lower reps <laughs> what kind of thing would you would you do for mountain bike pacific what's the best that works do you think so the, i guess the annoying answer is, is there's no right or wrong answer. There is a time and a place for both. Like, I'm not yeah. going to say that is right, that is wrong. But the simple thing is that if you want to get strong, then you need to lift heavy weights for low reps. And low reps is five or less, really. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, with a deadlift, you could do five sets of two or three reps or something like that. So you're looking to do lots of sets at low reps. Whereas at the other end of the scale, if, for instance, at the end of a session, I might do a bit of work at the other end where you're doing 15 to 20 reps of an exercise. So we're building up a bit of uh, muscular endurance and potentially also a bit of hypertrophy, which is muscle building. Um, And you could do maybe two or three sets of 15 to 20 reps. So the sets and reps are inversely proportional. So the higher you know, you go high sets with low reps for strength and vice versa for endurance and maybe packing on a bit of weight as well. Um, they both have their place. Um, one's not right, one's not wrong. But if you think you're going to get strong with the uh, the light weights, then you're wrong, I'm afraid. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I suppose that's the advantage of going to somebody like yourself. Um, you can you can change it up and, and give the person what works best for them. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And you know, and whilst heavy gets you strong, it may be that when you first start, if you haven't trained ever or in a long time 
or you know maybe you've had some back issues it may be that actually at the start heavy for five reps just isn't appropriate for you because it's too dangerous you know mm-hmm. you're gonna you're gonna do yourself in so you need to start with the lighter weight and the higher rep get a technique dialed in uh, with the help of a, a professional you know like myself because form is everything and then you know once you build that competency in the movement and and also that confidence to trust your when people have hurt their back it takes time to trust it that oh actually like mm-hmm. now i know how to and i'm a little bit stronger i can lift that up and it's not going to hurt me now and it's not going to hurt me tomorrow um so it just takes that time to do that because that's what you need to to build up to mm-hmm. yeah so yeah and you know i don't know about other people i'm just kind of talking about myself but i would mm. tend to if i've been out of the gym for a while i would tend to go in and go too hard too soon <laughs> yeah standard and then you can't <laughs> work for a week you know <laughs> yeah yeah and that i guess going back to that previous thing about mistakes people make is and this is just a symptom of like 2018 i think really is people they want like quick results and they it's like they go for short-term intensity followed by a lull where they don't do anything when if you want to get stronger if you want to get fitter if you want to look better in your underpants whatever consistency always always wins it's as simple as that consistency as in every week you go twice a week or whatever that is for you every week you're eating a real good healthy balanced diet most of the time you know and you're riding your bike once or twice a week every week that's how you get yeah. good that's how, that, there's no secrets there's no hacks it's just that people try and they, they want to do the seven day juice detox to lose weight and then as soon as it finishes they're hitting the mars bars you know or they <laughs> or they smash themselves so hard they can't walk for a week and then you don't train for a week and then you've not been yeah. consistent consistency is the, the biggest thing that people should aim for yeah, it makes sense. Totally makes sense. And when you, when you're training, would you say an hour all out is the best? You know, very little rest. Because when no. you think of the gym, there's these mm. guys that go in and you know they maybe do a set and then they stand chat to their mate for three or four minutes and then they do another set. Or would you advise going? You know, just be. Yeah. So that it really depends like where you're at. So if you want to train for that strength that we talked about, so heavy. Mm low reps then you need longer rest periods in between the sets so three four even five minutes between sets which is quite a long time so that's a lot of time just sort of standing around and i, I encourage people not to take their phones in the gym because then you just, you know you're on it the rest of the time let's leave it in the locker when you're in the gym so um you got all that time then but you can use it constructively so in between sets you know you could make a superset to start with where you put two exercises together so you could do like deadlift and a press-up or something like that so while you're resting after deadlift you can do some press-ups which is different muscles so the ones that you worked on the deadlift are recovering ready to lift heavy again um Mm. and then you could also do like a little bit of mobility or postural work so most people sitting down have a, a bit of a tight chest and rounded upper back so you could do like a, an exercise like a band pull apart which is just a light a light exercise with a band just to help improve your posture uh you could do something like take part of the rest and just balance on like a 
wobble cushion or something like that, which mm-hmm. isn't going to make you a better mountain biker. It might make your ankles slightly more robust, maybe. Um, but it's just something constructive that means you're not just sitting on your ass like like yeah. or sitting on the bench for five minutes in between sets, you know. Yeah, and I, I think I think that's a great that's great advice because in today's environment, you know, the biggest <laughs> the biggest complaint is I haven't enough time. Yeah. To go to the gym. Yeah. But if you're doing that, you're maximizing your time and you probably exactly. you know, are as all you need, really. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And then, you know, later on in the session where maybe you're doing some exercises with uh, higher reps and stuff, you can make like a circuit or something where there's less rest, um, the exercises are closer together, and you get a bit of a conditioning, cardiovascular training effect, as well as the effect of obviously lifting the weights or, or whatever it is that you're doing. Um, mm-hmm. So there could be different emphasis in different parts of that session. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. That's that's awesome. All good advice there. Now I want to talk a wee bit later about how go, how going to the gym actually makes you a better rider. But tell us firstly about your in-home packages because you offer like a body weight package and a kettlebell workout. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, and I've I've got a mobility one coming out shortly, actually, in the next couple of weeks. Um, probably just after this comes out. Um, so with all of those, they're, they're pretty straightforward. It's just a, a PDF download. Um, so it's not like an ongoing coaching. So you pay once and then you, you get the download. And those products are basically training programs that are adaptable to different levels of fitness and things like that. And the idea is that, as you just said, people are short on time. Not everyone's got access to a gym. Not everyone likes a gym environment. So it gives people uh, different options. So you can train with just mm-hmm. your body weight or you can pick up a couple of kettlebells and train at home. Or, of course, you can do this stuff at the gym as well, um, just using one of those programs. And so they've all got like video tutorials for the exercises um, to make it clear how to do them safely and properly. Um, mm-hmm. yeah and they, they've been going a good few years now actually and and i get emails all the time people getting some good results off of those but the key is to get results i'm not going to tell you this is like five minute miracle abs program the people who get results the people who do it week in week out for months mm-hmm. on end you know i'm not going to yeah. try and i'm not selling snake oil here it's uh <laughs> yeah like that's the reality um and if you yeah. if you want a quick fix program and I'm sure you can find one on the internet somewhere else. Yeah, and when I was looking through your programs, they're very well priced. Um, I think, yeah, they're kind of on about, yeah, kind of average, I'd say, probably for that sort of thing, for that PDF download and, and everything. And you do get the you get a series of emails following up to help you and a little motivation mm-hmm. and stuff. But, yeah, I think they're a fair price. What I always say is these days is the program costs less than a set of grips, <laughs> and uh, which don't seem to be less than 20 quid these days and the programs are 16 um yes yeah, so i think really they're really good value for money to be honest if you think which one's going to make you ride faster is being stronger is going to make a bigger difference to your riding than pretty much any shiny new bike part will and that's a fact i stand by that <laughs> yeah that that's for sure and i'll put links and stuff to them on the uh, show notes yeah cool i'll give you um i'll give you guys a discount code at the end of the podcast as well awesome brilliant that would be unbelievably very very kind of you cool so let's chat about why going to the gym makes you a better rider 
like how does it help so if you what i always like to because everyone knows who he is and his riding is so sort of distinctive we were aaron Gwynn is an example i always like to use like he i think and i think the results show is just the the best rider um and it's shame he's been injured this year but i'm pretty sure that he'd be winning everything as well when you watch him ride his bike, you can just see how strong he is. And no matter what's going on underneath him, what that bike's doing, he maintains this like textbook posture. You could iron your shirt on his back. It's so flat. And <laughs> he his elbows are always out in a strong riding position. His head remains stable and, and level no matter what's going on. Um, and he's always got this real nice, what you'd call like a hinge position where you've got that kind of angle at the hips where you've got the flat back, fairly straight legs. And, and so that would be called like a hinge position in the gym, like mm-hmm. a, like on a deadlift or an RDL, a Romanian right, deadlift. Yeah. And, and basically when you look at that position, it's his ability to maintain that no matter what's going on underneath him, partly through strength, partly through skill, is is what makes him the best, I think. And we all need to try and be a bit more Aaron Gwynn if you want to ride your bike fast. Mm-hmm. And being stronger helps you to hold that correct position um, all day. It helps you hold it for a two-minute or three-minute really gnarly run. It helps you to hold that proper body position for a 10-minute run if you go to Morzine and you know, you're hitting plenty laps or whatever. It means that when you come up short on that jump and it's the difference between just doing a press up on your bars, as we all say, or blowing your hands off the bars and taking a stem in the ribs and then going over the bars. It's, you know, it's, it's all of that. It's that big, taking that big compression and still maintaining a strong posture. Uh, and that's, that's the name of the game is no matter what's going on, you need to be strong enough and have the skills and body awareness to maintain a really good posture. And that's what lets you ride a bike fast, in my opinion. Because when you've got a good posture, your head's up, your head's steady. And when your head's steady, your eyes can work properly and they can take the information in, process it, and then you can act. As soon as you lose posture and your head drops or you're too stiff and you do like the classic head nod or something like that, then as soon as that happens, you lose control and then you're stiff, you're tight and you can't ride. So yeah. being stronger is all about that position. And then secondary to that, um, it lets you put more force in the pedals, both to sprint a bike and to pedal it up a hill. If your leg is stronger, you can put more force into a pedal. It's as simple as that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know it's funny when you watch guys like Arn Gwen. Mm. Um, at that level they all look so comfortable on the bike and so relaxed and do you think that comes through from the training as well yeah so in one sense they're they're relaxed it's almost like their whole core and posture is just like rock solid and locked in and then they've just got this incredible suppleness that lets their arms and legs work like suspension Um, but Mm. then they can stiffen it when they need to when if you skit off a, a root or a stump or a rock, you know, to catch yourself. Um, and I, I think, well, that to me is skill, but to apply that skill 
from the top of the hill to the very bottom of the hill or race run, what allows you to apply that skill is that strength, that fitness, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, it's, well, in any sport like that, the guys at the top, they just make it look so easy. That's, exactly. You know. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's bonkers what they can do. Like, if if you are into mountain biking, I can't explain how mental it is the first time you go to a downhill World Cup. Um, it is bonkers how like you take the quickest person at your local woods or whatever and they're no, they're probably nowhere near what these what these people mm. are doing and um you know luck, i'm i'm lucky enough to to work with people like charlie and all that and, and i've done a few track walks and stuff now so at fort william like this year went up there worked with charlie and the trek setup so i did track walk with with all those guys and it does take a while to just tune your head in and your eyes in to how they see the track because you're looking at it and he's saying, yeah, so I'm just going to, I push into that and then I land over there and you're looking at it. You're like, what the fuck you're landing? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and um, like, and, and, and to him, that's nothing. Like that's just a tiny part of a thing. Whereas for you or I to try that, we'd number one probably never make it. We'd have to have like 15 tries and it'd have to be the best day in the world and you have to get the stars <laughs> at the line. Uh, and these guys can do that every time, like taking off at one rock and then landing like 10 metres later mm. down a tiny downslope that pumps, you know. And it's just that adjustment to what these guys can do is mental because they're going so much quicker than you realise. Um yeah, they just that World Cup really is the pinnacle. Yeah, no, it's it's amazing, and you know, TV and cameras and everything don't do it justice. No, no, it's like we've all had, we've all probably ended up with the GoPro left in the in the drawer or in the shed because you get nothing but disappointment every time you look at it. <laughs> yeah, that's the gnarliest run ever. Like it's so <laughs> steep, and I was absolutely pinned. And you go and show someone, and they're like, "All oh, right, yeah." Cheers. And you're like, uh-huh. it sucks, doesn't it? And so then the GoPro gets put away and never comes out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. And, you know, just talking about the training thing and stuff, is it important to do mountain bike Pacific training or is it just good enough to go to the gym and do curls and bike yeah, press? Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, generally I stay away from like the curls and the isolate, isolation exercises like that. But, yeah, you know what? For most people, most of the time, if you're doing some sort of strength training, then that's going to have a really positive effect. The specifics come from, uh, they're like the, the icing on the cake, if you like. So things that would make your training program a little more specific would be maybe spending a bit more time in that like hinge type position that I talked about earlier. So, mm-hmm. uh, so maybe programming some RDLs like Romanian deadlifts and things like that, that may not be in your program otherwise. You know, they're a bit of a staple of mine um, just because it put, makes you strong in a position that's very similar to your riding position. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we can, the specifics are that as well as doing press-ups on the floor, we maybe do them on a bar or something, which is similar to a handlebar. But, you know, we don't need to get too carried away with those bits. The real mm-hmm. specifics come in when we, and we start talking more about the conditioning side of things where 
you know, the demands of maybe downhill versus enduro um, are quite different in that respect. And so the on-bike training and also maybe the, the gym-based conditioning where you're, you know, working on how they can produce energy and do different movements over a period of time under fatigue and things like that. Um, and then I guess the other bit where it becomes real specific well, not specific, but it applies to quite a few sports, is when we do, like, the core training, we do a lot of um, what I would call, like, anti-rotation work. So if we talk about, like, Aaron Gwynn and how rock-solid he is, you know, these guys pull quite a few Gs through a fast corner. Uh, and even, you know, you or I or, or another sort of everyday rider pulls quite a few Gs through a fast burn. And your ability to resist, like, twisting and rotation is really important so we do some anti-rotation type exercises where maybe use a band or a cable machine um or like a side plank type of variation and things like that where we're creating like a strong core um but in different directions if that makes sense so that mm-hmm. no matter what's going on with your arms legs and things like that that you maintain that that nice tight core with a flat back uh, ribs tucked in sort of yeah yeah you see it's so different isn't it you know it's like something you would never ever think of doing in the gym just to go for a gym session the other thing i think to that makes things training a little more specific to sport is avoiding like your more classic bodybuilding type training which is you know mm-hmm. what i did for years there in the army and everything because and it's what a lot of like young young guys tend to do uh, you know, like the workouts you get in men's health and stuff like that, where it's all Monday's chest, obviously, and Tuesday's legs, Wednesday's biceps and back, and, mm. and you know, the body part splits and all of that. Whereas, you know, that that is a really good way for, you know, just to, to pack on some muscle and things like that. But actually for sports, it's better to train your whole body in each session is what I believe. And that's what we do like 90% of the time is whole body training so in every session you do some kind of squatting or some kind of deadlifting you do some single leg work we do some upper body pushing work some upper body pulling work and we do some core work um so you get that whole body training effect and that also means that compared to doing a whole leg session a whole a, a proper leg session if you do nothing else for an hour well, you're written off for days afterwards, and you certainly can't yeah. you certainly can't ride your bike after that, can you? So, whole body training, I, I'd say, is dare I say it, sport specific. <laughs> yeah, yeah, cool. And um, let's chat a wee bit about the weekend warrior because yeah, I'm a weekend warrior. The majority of people listening will be weekend warriors. Yeah, for warriors. sure. And um, so, for the weekend warrior going to the gym. Is it something they should be doing once a week, twice a week, three times? What What do you think's a happy medium there? So, yeah, I mean, ideally, like consistently, like twice a week is a really good place to be, and for most people, that's quite achievable. Um, mm-hmm. And then, if we have another horrendous winter like the one we just had, then and it's all snowy, then maybe you go three times a week for a couple of weeks, and then maybe the summer comes around and we get a banger summer and the trails are bone dry and you're riding, doing extra riding, you maybe only go once a week, you know? So there's, there's no set rules. It's just about getting in a consistent routine where you, you know, you can go every week. Yeah. 
aiming for twice is is a really good place to be most weeks. Yeah, and you think at the end of the day, you know, I I always said to my mates, look, for me personally, the fitter I feel, the more fun I have up the mountain. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm fully on board with that, and and you always get the not hater, but every now and then I'll put something up. or or share an article and someone will be like, oh, just ride your bike. And I'm like, Ugh. well, <laughs> I just like, I can't, you know, people are still saying this because I'm not saying on a Sunday morning when all your mates are going riding that you should be in the gym doing squats. I'm not saying yeah. that. Like you still ride your bike and you still have as much fun and shred it as hard as you can. And bike rides don't have to be training. They're just fun, you know, do what you do. But when you're on your lunch break or whatever, you probably can't go for a mountain bike ride. So, you know, maybe you can do 45 minutes in the gym, but like seven in the morning before work or in your lunch break or whatever, where you can get stronger so you can have more fun on your bike, like you say, so you can ride a bit further before your lower back aches. So Mm. you can pedal, you know, you can pedal that bit further. So if that 40K loop on a Sunday is actually a bit more straightforward now rather than ruining you for the next two days and stuff like that. Um, Mm. You know, and and that's what it's all about. It's, it enables you to have fun, to ride fast, you know, and potentially makes you more resilient and robust as well. You know, muscle is, is the best body armor going, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. So let's talk about that a wee bit and about injury. Yes. (laughs) Um, because I feel one of the, I could be completely wrong on this, but I feel one of the reasons I have maybe, I maybe broke my collarbone quite recently there was a lot of factors, obviously, but I have lost quite a lot of body weight over the last year or so. Yeah. Um, I just don't feel as strong as I was. Uh-huh. I'm just, just not getting time and all the excuses everybody has, but, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, like as far as, training to recover from injury and stuff um and training to prevent injury do you think that's a big part in the whole thing yeah like that is a massive part of what i do and and i get quite a few people approaching me you know post injury saying oh i need to get get strong again and build that confidence back in that injured area um and also with a lot of the guys i work with at all levels it's been quite a bad summer actually for people hurting themselves. I had a few broken wrists this year and stuff like that. Mm. Um, and so then you're trying to, yeah, maintain fitness in other areas of their body whilst they go through the rehab and healing process. And then you need to get that, that body part strong again. So mm-hmm. as far as injury reduction and like creating robust riders is concerned, that starts really with mobility. So a really simple example that I like to use is that, you know, most people who do a desk job and drive too much um, tend to be quite restricted uh, overhead. So what I mean is if you're lying flat on your back, for instance, um, they can't lay their arms straight over the head, biceps, body ears, arms completely flat on the floor. Mm. But you should be able to. And that's that's not because they've injured themselves. That's just because... They never put their arms up there and they spend all day hunched forward over their desk and whatever. And so what happens then when you run out of talent and you go over the handlebars, arms outstretched, 
And what happens when your arm goes to that place, because you don't have the mobility, something breaks, doesn't it? You know, you tear a muscle, ligament, tendon, maybe break a bone or, or whatever. Whereas if you had that mobility in the first place, you can get your arm into that overhead position. And because you've been training, you're strong in that position, then maybe, maybe not, but maybe you absorb some of that force as you fly over the bars onto the floor and end up like rolling or sliding or getting up and you're a bit bruised and sore, but you haven't torn your rotator cuff or dislocated mm-hmm. your shoulder. And, and that's just a really simple example, but that applies all over the place, uh, all over your body. You know, because at some point we all crash our bikes. And so that that mobility, which is a combination of being flexible and strong, that helps to create resilience and robustness, basically. Um, so that's, you know, that's a big part of injury um, reduction. And so that's why, for instance, I do quite a lot of overhead pressing. So like people, you'd be standing or maybe kneeling and pressing dumbbells straight up overhead that's not going to really transfer exactly to your position on the bike, but that's part of the bigger picture of trying to create robust riders because you can't win a race if you're not racing because you're hurt. So uh, that's how I look at that. Um, As far as post, well, let's say while you're injured, it's really easy then to really let things slide, especially for the weekend warrior is that, you know, you break your collarbone, you get bummed out, um, you, you miss the ride with the mates on the weekend, um, but you still eat the same amount of food as when you were riding. You start putting on a little bit of weight. Um, you think, oh, well, I've broken my collarbone, so I can't drive, so I can't even go to the gym. And before you know it, it's like eight weeks later, you're a stone heavier and you're weak and you've lost all your fitness. And so when you do hurt yourself, it's really important to do as much as you can to minimise those losses. So whether it's, oh, I hate to say it, whether it's sitting on the turbo trainer, which I hate, <laughs> but you know what? If you, you know, you can keep your fitness there. If you're motivated, you can do it. Get Netflix on the iPad, sit on the turbo trainer, keep moving. Um, if you can't get to the gym because you can't drive, whatever, then do some body weight work at home. Do some lunges. Do some squats walk up and down the stairs, you know, keep active, keep moving. Mm -hmm. Um, And for instance, when you've got one injured side, so let's say you've hurt your knee on your right leg, you can, you could go to the gym and you could get on the leg press machine or something and do single leg, leg press on the left leg. Um, And that's a great way to keep strong in general, but it will also help to minimize the muscle losses on the injured side because your body likes equilibrium so if you're right if you train your left leg only it will help to prevent you losing muscle on the injured right leg and so your recovery from injury can be quicker Um, and when you do come back after the injury you've lost less strength and less muscle so there's loads of stuff that you can be doing and i'm not saying it's easy because man when i'm injured i'm so grumpy (laughs) it sucks and i'm sure because i know you've got a broken collarbone at the moment gareth I'm sure you probably are a bit grumpy and feeling sorry for yourself and you're allowed to, that's fine. But <laughs> like, it's fine. Like, I'll send you a hug over Skype, but you need to, uh, you've then got to say, right, it's happened. Don't dwell on it. Move on. 
if I want to be riding my bike hard again and having a great time in October, because that's probably when you're looking at, then mm-hmm. I can do some work now. And in October, I'm going to be really glad I did it. Um, rather than come October, yeah, you're a bit podgy and you're a bit slow and you go out with your mates and you have a shit time because they're all dropping you on the climbs because uh, you've lost so much fitness. Yeah, it's weird. It's And I never thought of it before, um, but it is such a mental motivational thing when you, oh, when man. you have an injury, you know. It is hard. It just sucks the en- energy from you. Yeah, totally. Especially, you know, if you've been riding well as well. If you, I've been riding so well. My race results are good. Um, and that's where, the, you know, you need some support from, like, your friends and family or whoever as well can be really helpful, mm. you know. So you maybe you've got a partner at home or whatever, and they're like, come on, get off the sofa. And rather than making you comfort food and baking you cakes they're like <laughs> they're like tell you what get yourself on the on the turbo trainer for an hour and i'll have a nice healthy dinner done when you get off it or whatever um or your your riding mates maybe one of them comes round and you you do like a, a bodyweight workout together or they come and pick you up and take you to the gym because you can't drive because you've got a cast on or whatever um yeah so that support network is really important and at the end of the day You've just got to stay stoked. So start watching, like watch some 50 to 1 videos on YouTube or whatever and see how stoked they are on riding and think, right, I want to be back riding as soon as I can. So, yeah, yeah. do that. or Yeah. Yeah, it's good advice, definitely. You have to, you need those visuals to keep you stoked. That's... Yeah, defo, defo, you know. So let's talk a wee bit then, Ben, about the future for the Strength Factory yeah. and uh, what you've what you've got going on in the near future. Can you fill us in on anything? Yeah, um, let's have a think. If there's anything like that stands out, I mean, I'm launch- yeah, I'm launching my like downloadable mobility program soon, uh, which is really for the people we've just been talking about, the weekend warrior who spends too long sitting down. Um, and yeah, I'm really happy with how it's coming together. Um, and so just keep an eye out. That'll be launching in September. Other than that, I mean, hopefully a bit later this year, come November, when see people start winter training, you'll, you'll see a couple of new names on my athlete roster. Uh, some people I'm courting, stroke hassling, stroke chasing. <laughs> um, and there's a few yeah, emails in the inbox. I think, you know, for me, what I want is I want to coach a rider who wins a world cup. Like that's the first goal. Um, mm-hmm. And at the moment, the best result one of my riders has had has been this season. Mike Jones got, I think he got seventh. Um, so that's my strength factory's best ever world cup result. Um, so I'd like to be working with a, a rider who, who gets up there and wins the world cup. I guess that's been my long-term goal. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, just to to keep doing what I'm doing, really. Uh, I don't think there's any real changes on the horizon. Just keep developing as a coach, and you know, I spend quite a bit of time and money on my education, so reading quite widely and working with Darren Roberts, who, who mentors me, um, and you know, being in touch with a couple of other people um, so that I can do a good job, basically. Because yeah, I know that. I haven't been in this game as long as, as some of those other guys like the Alan Millways and Chris Kilmurray's and stuff like that. They've been doing it a long time. Um, and 
yeah, I want to be where they're at, really. I want to be considered mm. in that same sentence when people talk about the the people to to go to in the UK for coaching if you want to if you want to be competitive at a World Cup level. I want to be the on that same list of names, really. So that's mm-hmm. that's where I'm. Well, that's where I'm going. Well, awesome. I, I hope you all the best success with that in the future. And yeah, thank you. Um, things seem to be moving for you and going well. So well done. Happy day. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, we're getting there. We're getting there. Just uh, yeah, need people to stay on their bikes would help. But <laughs> 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 I can't help them too much with that, I guess. But yeah. No, it's, yeah, it's, it's yeah, all going cool. well and I'm enjoying it. And I'm also, I guess one thing, hope. well, I'm just trying to really diversify with some different sports and stuff like that. And I hopefully that will lead to just some interesting stories with people doing like mad things like climbing, climbing mountains and going and doing cool stuff, basically. Um, mm. So, yeah, just keep keep it varied. Yeah, no, that's interesting for you too because you're, as you said before, you're learning. You have to learn all the time and yeah. update your education on different sports and how things work. So that's very interesting. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. And it's just stuff that that I'm stoked about. You know, I love, I love watching. You know, I'll tell you, I'll tell you a part. Uh, I guess an action sport, if you like, that tells amazing stories is like climbing and like mountaineering because. Man, the places they go and the risks they take, it, like that is so gnarly. And, and the way they, mm-hmm. you know, it's quite different to mountain biking where, you know, maybe they'll go and try and climb a mountain and they'll go there every winter for like three years and and, and every winter they fail and they, they don't get there. And I'm like, that's mental because there isn't really anything like that in mountain biking. Maybe in slope style, like, they've been trying for years to do a certain trick or whatever, but it's not like you take the world's best mountain bikers, like from the world cup circuit. And there's not a hill they can't get down. You know, it's either, you know, mm. there's rampage and that crazy shit and hardline, but it's just a bit different. Um, and I love that just mad, mad adventures that I would honestly, I would you wouldn't get me up there on those mountains, <laughs> and just the risk and the commitment and the hardship they go through, I find is really inspiring, and and it kind of takes back to the army days. But it's that hardship that they go through, mm-hmm. um, just living like this savage little life for a week on on the side of a mountain or, or more, and yeah, yeah. so yeah, that stuff really interests me, and I'd like to get involved with people doing that sort of thing, help them prepare. But um, yeah. yeah, we'll see. Awesome, awesome, brilliant. So, how can people best get in contact with you? Yeah, so I am Strength Factory underscore Coach on Instagram, and I try and post fairly regularly. And I'll do my best to always get back to people and reply to comments. So I put like some training content up and a bit of riding and and bits like that. And I also like to let people know about my riders' race results. Then on Facebook. I've been having a, they've been a right pain. I'm still MTB Strength Factory on Facebook uh, because there's like a gym called Strength Factory. So I'm figuring out what to call myself, but at the moment it's still MTB Strength Factory. Um, yeah. And then there's the website is thestrengthfactory.uk uh, where it tells you about all the different things I do, where the online programs are available. Um, and you, there's also a contact form on there if you are interested in doing any coaching. 
Um, and with that, with the online programs, for any of those programs, I've done a discount code, which is TRIBE5, all lowercase, the num- and the number five. So TRIBE5, mm-hmm. they'll give you £5 off any of those online programs. So that will drop them from £16 down to £11. And that will be wow. valid for um, one month from the date of the podcast coming out. Um, wow, so that's awesome. cool. But, uh, yeah, I'd love to hear from any of you. Um, I'm out and about Bristol, South Wales on the trails. Come and say hello. Always welcome to talk bikes or training or whatever. Um, so, yeah. Well, I hope everything goes well. And um, have you got any more guys in the gym today? Or No, no. I had a few in this morning. Um, got some errands to run this afternoon. Hopefully bag a bike ride. And then Thursday tomorrow is flat out for me so yeah <laughs> 7 a.m in the gym as usual tomorrow and then yeah big big day of, big day of clients so it's all good excellent sir well thanks so much for coming on the podcast i had a blast chatting to you i love the whole gym thing i think it's so important really for everything mental physical everything so cool um it's been great to get your insight into it really hard. yeah you're welcome thanks so much gareth it's been really really good to chat mate and i hope the podcast carries on killing it Cheers, bud. Appreciate it. Cheers, mate. Bye. That's episode 51 of Done and Dust It, folks. Thanks for being here. I hope you enjoyed the episode. And Ben, thanks so much for coming on. I really do appreciate it. I enjoyed our chat a lot. I really love chatting about the gym stuff. I don't know why. It's maybe I'm a glutton for punishment or something. I don't know why, but I really do feel it affects your biking at the weekend. If that's all you're doing, it certainly does. You know, it, it, you just enjoy your time up the mountain more. You're just you're faster you're not out of breath it's not like a workout when you're on the bike it's more of a social enjoyment um, and i think the gym brings that and, and helps you there so thanks so much for coming on i really do appreciate it folks if you want to find out more about ben and the strength factory simply go to mtb-tribe.com and you can visit ben's show notes there get a wee bit more info read up a wee bit more on what we chat about and also get links to ben's socials and his website and stuff like that and find out a wee bit more that way now to claim the free promo offer that ben has very very kindly offered us it's for the online programs so he does a mtb bodyweight program and an mtb kettlebell program now they are both priced at 16 pounds which alone is very very good value but with the offer at checkout simply put in tribe all lowercase tribe 5 so t-r-i-b-e 5 the number 5 and you'll get 5 pounds off those programs bringing them down to 11 pounds it's absolutely unbelievable um, price for those programs and programs are awesome you get video with them and everything else to to um, show you and let you see how to do the exercise properly if you're not sure now you also get a free mtb nutrition guide with that as well so ben has kindly offered that free with those packages so not only will you be getting a either a body weight package or a kettlebell package whatever one you want you'll also get a free mtb nutrition guide with that as well so ben thanks so much for that and guys if you are thinking again to the gym I really do advise going for something like that off Ben. It really does make a difference because I have been doing an MTB Pacific kind of training regime and it does make a big difference. There's a lot of exercises in there you probably don't know and you'll have never done before. And, you know, it 
does it does help it definitely gives that you give you that separation between you and the bike and stuff like that you just feel the things a wee bit better it's hard for me to describe because i'm not really a professional at it but um yeah certainly check that out go to ben's website it's the strength uk and you'll get all the programs and all the info there it's quite quite a good site easy to navigate so you'll find all the info there so thanks again folks for listening i hope you you hope you enjoyed the episode again if you want to get involved just go on to socials you'll find us at instagram and at facebook at mtv tribe if you're listening via itunes thanks so much for your reviews and your comments i do appreciate it we are now also available on spotify and I know quite a lot of you listen via Stitcher. Spotify is just a new thing for us, but the downloads are starting to come in there, so thank you for that. So whatever way you listen, folks, enjoy it. Have a great weekend, and I hope you get out on the bike. I'll speak to you next week.